following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it's time for a fabulous Football Friday edition of Mick Shots as we get you ready for an extended football weekend. I love extended football weekends because the Cowboys play on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't like Sunday afternoons when the Cowboys don't play or Sunday evenings when the Cowboys don't play, but it gets all better on Monday when the Cowboys do play. And how are you doing, Everson Walls and Mickey Spagnola? And I guess we'll start with Mickey since it's Mick shots. So, Mickey, how are you doing in your doing, SWBC Mortgage Studio? I'm doing great on this wonderful fall afternoon here in Dallas, Texas area. Uh, gosh, it's cool. We should be going to a football game tonight in high school. They still Do they let you go to high school games still? Yes, they will. Yes, okay. in fact, you've got a, in your neck of the woods. You got a pretty good uh, quarterback. You could go yes. watch who has some cowboy ties. Doug Nussmeyer's son. He's awfully good. Yeah, and, uh, headed to LSU. Garrett Nussmeyer. Yeah. How about you, Everson Walls, in your SWBC Mortgage Studio? How are you doing? I am doing fine. I'm happy that the Cowboys have an extra day of preparation. We're going to need it. Hopefully, we can get some injured guys back in there and shore up our personnel a little bit. I'm sure Spags will have an update on who's going to be playing and what's going to be happening, right, for Monday night? Well, since you brought it up, you know, the injury report (laughs) yesterday uh, of the guys that weren't on injured reserve trying to practice or on the commissioner's reserve list, everybody was full in practice. Uh, Everson Griffin missed. For personal reasons, but my understanding is, is he back out there again today? Uh, so from that standpoint, all's well if they just can get the guys on IR back on the field. And it sure sounds like they're pretty optimistic about Leighton Vanderesh being ready to go Monday night. Uh, wow. He practiced yesterday. Uh, they were in pads today, and he was fully padded up and uh, in the individual drills. Uh, he, you know, he was he was thudding up with his pads. So uh, Mike McCarthy seemed optimistic, and a lot will have to do with, as you guys know, when you've missed time like that, you know, you get one practice. Now, how do you feel the next day? And I think that'll have a lot to determine on if he's ready to go uh, Monday night. So, how important would that be if Leighton Vander Esch is ready to go on Monday night, in particular against this Arizona offense? Yeah, I think uh, just having him on the field, no matter who you're playing, uh, would be uh, an upgrade uh, from what they can do. And it also gives them a little bit more flexibility with uh, Joe Thomas on what they ask him to do if they might want him to, if they want to use a strong side linebacker. Uh, they can use him there. Uh, they can rotate and not give Vander Esch 60 snaps in the game after being out for five weeks. Uh, you know, Joe can come in on maybe nickel down, something like that, have a little bit of a rotation. Uh, but just having him on the field, I think, is huge 
uh, for this team. It'd be nice to uh, be able to have an extra linebacker out there, Spags, because, you know, uh, Joe Thomas has been, been playing very well, I think. Uh, his recognition has been there. He's played off of the, the aggressiveness of the defensive linemen, especially in this last ball game. Uh, of course, he's got his weaknesses. We talked about him being more of a strong side than a weak side, and that, that really uh, says a lot about uh, his athleticism. So having Vander Esch in there, to me, having that extra body is one thing, but with his athleticism that Leighton brings to the table, you know, we could probably, I'm hoping we can show up the inside run as well as the, uh, the zone recognition. You heard Romo talk about the Cowboys secondary, and I meant to bring this up yesterday. Uh, he talked about the eyes. You know, everyone has their own terminology on, you know, what they uh, describe, in, in whether it's your flaws or, or you know, whether it's your, your, the good things you can do. Uh, one thing the Cowboys' uh, problem is, the deficit in their, in their past program is they don't recognize things. They don't see it. I saw uh, one play, uh, I think it was against the Giants, Jalen Smith turned his back to the quarterback in a zone. You don't turn your back to the quarterback in a zone. Your eyes should always be facing the quarterback and, of course, trying to determine as you view what's going on in your peripheral from the wide receivers and tight ends, what is developing. And that's why we're not good on bubble screens. That's why we're not good on, on pursuit, because our eyes are not back on the quarterback or back towards the line of scrimmage in pass play. That's something that we truly have to work on. If Romo can see it as a commentator, then, of course, other coaches see it and other quarterbacks see it as well. Something that we really have to work on. All right, so what has the uh, adjustment been like for Jalen Smith, you think, moving from middle linebacker to the will linebacker this year? Obviously, at his best game against the Giants, his, as Mickey, you pointed out earlier in the week, his read and reaction was much better in this game. Uh, do you think it, uh, what do you think the biggest adjustment has been for him? Yeah, I think it's been uh, more recognition on, on, on what's getting ready to happen before it happens. You know, the middle linebacker, you know, mo most of that there, you're, you're reading what's going on right in front of you. Uh, my understanding is that he didn't play that position at Notre Dame, and, he's, you know, and he certainly didn't play outside uh, with the Cowboys. Uh, so uh, this, was, this was an adjustment for him that I think he needed to make. Now, we'll see if last week was just one of those things or he's actually got this thing somewhat figured out and he's making the adjustment to the weak side because you're you're more free to run to the ball uh, but you do have some responsibilities on on things you need to cover and, and, and I think he showed that this past game uh, with the recognition on the screen passes and the little flare passes to the outside so his reads were better and, and maybe he's starting to understand what what that takes because you know you know he's always been out there with either Sean Lee or, or Leighton Vander Esch so uh, this was a little bit of an adjustment plus he had the uh, burden of kind of making the adjustments out there you know the calls everybody says well he had to make the defensive calls well 
I can make the defensive calls because I can hear them in my helmet, right? I just repeat what the coach says. Uh, it's not like he's looking out there and going, okay, this is what we're going to do. Uh, but you have you know to what, make though? the adjustments. You know, you know what? what? Knowing Mickey's personality, I don't think Everson that Mickey could make the defensive calls because – he would have a problem with what the call was, and I'd make the adjustment. <laughs> and he would, he would have a discussion with the defensive coordinator you about it. You sure you want to, You can't make that call in this situation. Just do, Spags. You can't think. Don't decipher. Just make the call. That's what they would be saying in your helmet. That would be in your helmet the entire time. Just make the call. <laughs> they, they would take and, the and hearing you know, aid out of my helmet, I guarantee you. But, but, but when, you, when you're talking about the improvement from Jalen, though, I must say his, his part of his improvement was the fact that that D-line was more recognizable in what they were doing as well. So that had a lot to do with it. He, had, he didn't have as much uh, garbage in his way. You know, they, they kind of cleared the path for him. They plowed the road for him. In a lot of ways, a linebacker is just like a running back, guys. You depend on your line. You depend on your line to help you out. Just give me a, just give me a crease, and I'll take care of everything else. And that's pretty much what Jalen did last week. He should be able to do that again this week because I think the Cardinals' offensive line is in disarray as well. Uh, they're not running the ball well at all. They're a lot like the Giants in regards to that. But, of course, you've got – uh, Kyler Murray there as opposed to Daniel Jones so uh, I'm looking for him to continue uh, his improvement and uh, I, I don't want to give you a spoiler on my pick to click but uh, definitely looking forward to that improvement <laughs> yeah and as a matter of fact on their offensive line their starting right guard J.R. Sweezy uh, was a, did not practice yesterday so we'll see where that goes here in the next two days Yep, he, uh, he only got in 37 snaps last week against uh, the Jets. You know, the other thing about a linebacker, uh, that will linebacker, you have to have uh, great peripheral vision as well, almost like a running back. Like, you know, Tony Dorsett said that he used to, to uh, practice – uh, when he drove his car, he would lose his peripheral vision. He, you know, see cars out of, and so and and as a wheel linebacker, when you're reading a play, you also have to be able to read where the blocks are coming from. That tight end cracking back on you, or or a pulling guard, or something like that. And that's uh, right. And that's one of the things that Sean Lee is able to do so well. He can avoid a linebacker that's coming out to to block him. Uh, because he's he's got that good vision. People don't talk about that uh, enough. About I think as linebackers, they got to have good vision too. All right. So when it comes then to stopping the run game that the Cardinals do have, that is unique, and that is the quarterback uh, design runs, zone read type plays. Who who does that put the pressure on on the Cowboys defense? Well, I would I would think it. it it puts it on the, the linebackers. Uh, you know, your defensive front has a responsibility of at least staying in their lane, so not opening up gaps. Uh, but if there's a gap, you know, the linebackers got to fill it. Uh, so I think that uh, this is going to be one of those deals where, the, the as Everson said, the defensive line in concert with the linebackers. And it, it might be you know, behoove them to drop a safety down into the box uh, quite a bit. Um, and maybe they play, you know, the, 
since they don't have a rugged running game, right? The, the leading right. rusher, uh, Kenyon Drake, three three hundred fourteen. He's averaging three point seven a yard. I mean, the guy they go to uh, ends up being Murray. Uh, so again, uh, maybe you are in nickel and, and you take your chance with the running back. But if that safety's dropping in the box, boy, he better keep an eye on the quarterback. He can't overcommit. You're looking at situational ball, guys. We talked about this. Uh, I talked about this yesterday in regards to, you know, coaches being on top of it. There are certain situations where we have to be successful. Uh, we talked about the end of the quarters, end of the halves, things of that nature, two-minute drills, uh, third and short, uh, fourth down, those kind of things where we have to prepare for some type of trickery from, from Kyler Murray. Uh, we're going to look for them to go heavy, heavy with uh, D-Hop, uh, down the field uh, they're kind of limited in what they can do as far as intellectually now as far as making the plays they can still make the plays you get in the red zone we know they're going to be heavy Fitzgerald he's going to be their tight end Bill you talked about that yesterday so you know there are things that we're just going to have to be aware of that's all it is to it the pressure that we talk about from the zone blocking uh, if they had the personnel to be really good at it then uh, that could be a danger for us but like I said, I'm not sure if their offensive line really has the personnel uh, to. the personnel that the defense has out there. What do you, what do you, what's your take, Mickey, on what the Cowboys are trying to do defensively and some of the personnel packages they're putting out there? Well, I, I think that in this case, it looks like uh, the Cardinals will go three wide the majority of the time. Uh, so that means you're going to be in nickel. And you may be in dime a little more. You know, when you were talking about snaps, they almost had a rotation going at the cornerback positions, too. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if you look at the snaps uh, in the game, uh, Jordan Lewis had 79%. Uh, Worley had 75%. Diggs had 74%. And then you go down to Anthony Brown, who's playing the first time in, in, in four weeks, and he had 49% of the snaps. So there were times where Diggs was out, Brown was at corner, Worley was at corner. Uh, Jordan Lewis basically stays in the slot. Um and he needs to pick up his game too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> since, since I you mentioned tell him, his coach. name, <laughs> uh, and, and so so yeah. And then you did you kind of did the same thing with the safeties uh, switching around. Uh, you know, one of the things I kind of liked the look was uh, Thompson uh, was playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, they were playing a lot of single safety high too. Uh, trusting either Parker or Donovan Wilson back there, but there was time Donovan Wilson dropped into the slot also. So, 
yeah, they kind of mixed up their coverages a little bit. And, hey, give give those quarterbacks something to read. You know, don't just assume, let them go to the line of scrimmage and assume what's getting ready to happen. So uh, I like the fact that they were in that dime as long as they're in it when they know they're throwing the ball and they're not trying to stop the run. And, and, and also think about it. We were – we were kind of handcuffed by the personnel that we that we have available to us. So I'm, you know, we, we're always playing nickel and dime. I'm sure, but you know, there are times when we wanted to play, as of course the Cleveland game, when we wanted to play bigger and we just couldn't. So I think we're doing the best we can with the personnel that we have, and we're just going to go with it, just like everyone else in the league. All the injuries are piling up all over the league. I, I, I think the Cowboys are just happy with going through that as well. All right, we're just getting started on this edition of Mixed Shots. We've got much more still to come, including our picks to click and our picks for the Monday night game. This is our last show before the game on Monday night, and so we'll have more Mixed Shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, 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 back. To mixed shots. Cowboys are back at Looks AT&T like Stadium on Monday night to take Looks on like the, the Arizona Cardinals. Limited number of tickets starting at $89. Available now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Cowboys and Cardinals on Monday night. And I uh, mentioned it, I believe, yesterday. The first time the Cowboys ever played a Monday night football game was against the Cardinals. It was the St. Louis Cardinals at the Cotton Bowl 
1970. That was 50 years ago. Yes, 50 years ago. The first year of Monday Night Football. I am old. Oh, my God. I am old, man. All right. So now my question to you, Everson Walls. Do you remember your first Monday Night Football game as a Dallas Cowboys player? Oh, of course. It was my most important moment in my career. You know, when you have Howard Cosell, uh, I'm not sure if, yeah, Don Meredith was there. I think they had just signed on OJ. And, of course, uh, was it Gifford? Was Gifford there? I think it was Gifford. Gifford. I'm, not sure. I'm not sure who no. was there in 1981. 1981. Yes. We played the New England Patriots. That's exactly and, right. Yeah, the, the, the ride to the stadium was extremely harrowing. You know those crazy Boston folks. I'm sorry. If there's some people down here that, that can hear me, people in Boston, you guys know you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> they stopped us from making it to the game on time. The really? Dallas Cowboys were late for Monday Night Football, 1981. Uh, the, the, the fans would, they would stop our uh, bus. We, the, the cops would get off the bikes go up to the cars, the cars would pull off, cops get back on the bikes, we go ahead, they stop. We did this for like, for like 30 minutes. They just kept doing it, they bait the cops. It was just ridiculous. Uh, I was petrified when we, when we finally made it out there. You, you know, I've heard of Boston. The, my memory of Boston was looking at Jet Magazine where the black dude got stabbed by the American flag. That's what I remember about Boston downtown. So I'm like, Hey, I'm keeping my helmet on the entire game. I never took it off. Uh, I used all of that nervous energy on the field. We kicked their butts. Uh, Tony Dorsett had an amazing game. Ron Springs, I think, scored one or two times. Uh, Emerson Walls had an amazing game. I had two interceptions. I wasn't even yes, starting you. at the time. I was still coming off the bench. And that game uh, put me into the lead in interceptions uh, for the NFL, and I wasn't even starting yet. And then I was uh, uh, donned by, by Howard Cosell as the cornerback that the Cowboys had finally been looking for since Mel Renfro. And don't you, don't you start talking about how old Mel Renfro is, and then you talk about <laughs> how old I am, Bill. I don't want to hear it. So, yes. Well, so Howard Cosell, I mean, because that was just the third game of your career, yes. uh, and you got two interceptions, which gave yep. you three on the season because you got an interception in your first game, and then in your third game you got two picks. So Howard Cosell, who was a master of hyperbole to begin with. <laughs> uh, Very good, Bill. That's exactly what he is. Hanging around but, Ali too much. <laughs> I mean, it would be easy for Howard Cosell to say that about you if it was the 13th game of the season where you already had 11 picks that year. Right. But those were just your second and third pick of your career. An undrafted guy out of Grambling, and uh, he's already comparing you to Mel Renfro. And sure enough, you had not only 11 picks in the regular season, but people forget, Mickey, that uh, Ever Everson doesn't forget because he remembers every interception. <laughs> everything but, about me, yeah, everything about me. Yeah. <laughs> but but Everson also had two interceptions 
in the game against San Francisco that everyone talks about a catch that was made in that and game. a fumble recovery. Fumble recovery Don't too. rob me, That's sir. Right. I've been robbed all my post career. So his rookie season, he had thirteen interceptions. Uh, Everson did. If Mickey. you count the playoffs, absolutely. And, and you know, if you when, count when, the Pro Bowl, then let's just count fifteen. Okay. Count well, all right. Well, <laughs> they I mean, probably why not? Just throw it they in just there. threw you one in. The let's Pro just Bowl. fold it in. <laughs> So what you needed to point out is going to that uh, stadium in New England, the old stadium, it was basically a two-lane road, right? That's what it was. It went through the neighborhood, and if I remember right, they had to put an ordinance on alcohol uh, being sold at the stadium because the people were basically trashing the neighborhoods, leaving the games uh, at night. Yeah, unbelievable. I, you know, I, I and, same, and I don't Boston know how they again. build a state. How do they build a state? You know, <laughs> Buffalo did the same thing. Two-lane road on the main road that you had to take to get to the stadium. Was that Rich Stadium? Was it called Rich yeah. Stadium? Yeah, no. I believe yeah, Buffalo, you're right. Yeah. 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 And, now, and, when you start talking about what Howard Cosell was, was when he had just made that hyperbolic, hyperbolic statement, uh, Bill, <laughs> that, was, that was what he was all about. But let's think about the context there. It's almost like what we have now. It was as if an Everson Walls would come right now, and or any guy, any guy, it could be a Mickey Spagnola. He comes in, he picks off two passes. That's something that we hadn't seen before in a long time. So if a if a Spagnola came right now, and if he picked off three passes in two games then I would say, we have us another Mel Renfro. That's exactly what I would say. So we mm-hmm. needed it then, just like we need it now. We need playmakers in our secondary. And to answer your question on uh, who is in the booth for that game, it looks like it would have been Frank Gifford, as well as Howard Cosell and Don Meredith during the 1981 season. No O.J. yet, right? No O.J. OJ came along in 83. He was gotcha. there 83 to 85. Okay. So there you go. Now you know the rest of the story. And there's a little bit of Monday night football history. Of course, playing on Monday night, not quite the same as what it once was because Sunday night is, is considered the prime time. But, but Monday night's still in prime time. May not have the, the A-team doing the games anymore, but... Uh, well, I, I, let me let me put let me pull my own coattail again. Uh, let's be, let's also remember that Cowboys played on Monday night, Sunday night more than any other team back then. Uh, it was kind of like the '90s, but back in the '80s, we were the the ones to do it. So I was on Monday night football, Sunday night football a lot. I think I'm pretty sure at that point when I retired, I had more interceptions on the ABC premiered uh, sports programs than anybody else in history at that time. I don't know if, it, if that has changed because and they play so many games. Thanks now. in part to Matt Kavanaugh and the New England Patriots. <laughs> and don't forget Grogan. Grogan gave me my second one. Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> any Pittsburgh fans out there, take that. Yeah. So how much do you think that the Cardinals are looking forward to playing a Monday night game against the Cowboys this week? Oh, I think that's probably huge for them. If you got to remember where that franchise had been uh, for so long, uh, probably didn't get a chance to play on Monday Night Football. Now they, they now they have been in the Super Bowl since the Cowboys. I understand have been in the Super Bowl. that. I understand that. <laughs> you know, and they so, were in the conference championship game just a few years ago. So so is Tampa Bay, right? 
where are they? Yep. So uh, Tampa Tampa Bay's hosted it this year. That's oh, that's right. <laughs> well, in fact, this may be the year Tampa Bay does everything. They no, won hockey. Their baseball team is still alive. A, yeah, you know, one win away from playing in a World Series in Arlington. Their football and they're hosting the Super Bowl. Do you think their throats are getting a little tight? <laughs> now, I missed the sombrero because that's where I won my Super Bowl with the Giants. The sombrero was gone, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I that's that right. That's right. Everson, yeah. Tampa is a very, has a very warm spot in your heart. It does. I, I, was, I, I was there that day, by the way. Were you? Yes, I was covering that game. I thought I saw you at that strip yeah, boys fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the year. The, there was no there was no week between the, the NFC title game and the Super Bowl. Yeah, thank God, because we would have probably met. To, we would have met so much it would have been ridiculous because I, uh, you know, the, the K gun offense was something that you could never get prepared for. I remember flying home from San Francisco that Monday morning, stopped in Dallas, went home, changed suitcases, and got back to the airport. I was sitting on the floor <laughs> writing my, my second-day NFC title game story and, and flew to Tampa uh, that, 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 uh, later that afternoon. Yeah, it was a whirlwind day. Were you and aware I remember, that uh, we had and I remember two uh, games? So I remember this also, that uh, the, the sports editor the next day on the board kind of trashed my second-day story. They said I didn't have any depth or anything new. I got back and I said, do you think I was going to find out something new sitting in the airport? <laughs> All right. In, in news around the National Football League, uh, yes. how, much, how much do you think that the defending Super Bowl champions – enhance their chances to play against the Cowboys in Super Bowl 55 there in you Tampa go, with Bill. the acquisition into the of Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> <laughs> what a sign. I, I, they, they need it. What a sign. I, I, you know, I don't know why Bell went to the Jets in the first place anyway. They didn't really have any potential. What was his contract? Running. It was I money. Tell you, the contract. I can tell you what his contract money. was. I was clearly taking less <laughs> to perform with a better team. You know, that's just the way it is. When I picked, when I left the Cowboys, I, I didn't go calling. You know, some bum team. I called the Giants. You know, they'd be like, "Why would I leave that?" And then you know, go go call some crappy team. I, I, you call a, you go to a good team. When you leave a good team, you go to another good team that has potential. The Jets never had that. And once again, I don't think they even know how to run a team to sign him and then release him with all of that money. I'm sure Spags can make sense of it with, with, his, with his computer and calculated brain up there. You tell me how that made sense to sign Le'Veon Bell and then let him go already with all of that guaranteed money in his pocket. Bad, uh, bad economics. <laughs> That's the best I can put with that. That's all you got there, Mickey. I'm, That's all I'm I got on you it. You have a little more. I can look up his contract. It's well, four I, years, that's what I needed and a half to do. Million. How much was it? It was uh, four years, fifty-two and a half million guaranteed. At signing was twenty-seven million. Signing bonus. Signing bonus is eight million. So I would imagine there's some guarantees still left in that. They've got some dead mm-hmm. money. Go down to the bottom. Yeah. Because it probably showed up on dead money. 
And and you know he gets there. I, I don't think he was he wasn't even healthy all of last year, was he? Uh, no, he, he was not. And I don't think they liked him after they got him. <laughs> well, I don't understand. But that's typical giant stuff. That's why they haven't been a factor for. My goodness, I can't remember the what Richard Todd maybe was the last time <laughs> West, Wesley Walker maybe I, I don't you know McNeil the running back McNeil I think he was in my class of 1981. Joe Namath. I mean I'm already on this. I'm always looking at this uh, website freezing at Flushing. So please, I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything about Flushing Meadows. Well, it all it all works out for Le'Veon Bell because now he lands in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. What a, what a, what a deal. What a deal. All right, we continue with more mixed shots in a moment. Our picks to click and our picks to win on I'm Monday ready. night at AT&T Stadium. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, to Mick Shots. Coming to a Cowboys game this season, make sure you know before you go, wear a mask, keep distance, and be prepared for cashless transactions. Be Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash Safe Stadium for details. Roof is open on Monday night. I heard that. Good airflow. That's right. Got to have that good airflow. Hope that doesn't make any of the field goals fade one way or another. (laughs) This is not Jersey. 
This is not New Jersey, okay? <laughs> on that on that topic of uh, airflow, did you happen to see any of the uh, Dodgers Braves game last night at the new ballpark in Arlington, Globe Life Field, because they had the roof open and it you know it was so windy here yesterday and it was really pretty brisk in there. The wind was blowing in that in that ballpark. I actually liked it. I, they need to have that ballpark open as much as possible. I didn't realize the the roof was open. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me this: the Rangers were complaining about how big and spacious the ballpark was. They couldn't hit home runs. <laughs> These guys are hitting home runs. They're like they're in the little league park. <laughs> You think it that might was, have been no one complaining but the Rangers, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> this is too big. And all I see is balls popping out of there like it's popcorn in a in a bucket. Yeah. How many, how many, the roof open. They, how, many, how many did they allow in attendance? They, it's about 11,000. 11,000 okay. or so. How many yeah. does it hold? Uh, 40 something thousand. 40, okay. maybe 38, 40. Yeah. 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 So. Um, all right, Jerry on the radio this morning. Did you happen to hear uh, him on 105.3 The Fan, Mickey? I did. Anything catch your ear? Yes. He is... Uh, Go ahead and share it with us. He is, <laughs> he is very happy with the investment they made on their backup quarterback. He has uh, a lot of confidence uh, in the fact that uh, Andy Dalton is a starting quality quarterback who yes. happens to be their backup. And I firmly agree with him on that. Uh, I think I mentioned it maybe early in the week. I'll say it again. I still think he's the best backup quarterback they've had in quite some time. And I mean the guy that was designated to be the backup quarterback because I know somebody's going to say, well, Dak Prescott took over in 2016 and he was a backup quarterback. He was the third-string quarterback. He wasn't there to be the backup that year. Uh, Kellen Moore was, and he got hurt, and then he became the second quarterback, and then he took over for Tony. But if you look past that, just think of who the backup quarterbacks were and how they tried to go cheap on those guys and either bring in guys who were very young or bring in guys who were at the end of their career. You know, I was... I brought up in my column that I haven't finished writing yet for tonight. Uh, you know, you can go back to Vinny Testaverde. Vinny came in here in 2004 to be the backup as a 17-year veteran at 40 years old. Andy Dalton's in his 10th season. He's going to turn 33, um, uh, I think, in a week or so. Uh, and I still think he's in the prime of his career. And if you keep going back and back and back and back, you know, I, I shoot, I, I went all the way back to to uh, Wade Wilson to say that might have been the last time they had an accomplished, experienced backup quarterback. Because if you think about it, when Jason Garrett took over, he, he hadn't played that much before he got to play a few games in the late 90s. And then go from there and, and look at the guys. They Romo was the backup, and he didn't have even thrown a pass in the National Football League, right? Then they bring in Brad Johnson, whose arm was shot. He, he couldn't throw the ball anymore uh, when he was there behind him. Uh, John Kitna was okay. Kyle Orton never wanted to be the backup. He thought he should have been the starter. So they, they just never had 
quality backups. Um, you know, you have to go back to Wade Wilson, Rodney Pete, Steve Berline. We Babe Loffenberg. <laughs> yeah. So, so this guy, I think this guy I'm is starting, real. I'm starting from the bottom there when I said Babe Loffenberg. We'll build our way back up from there. Well, that's when they, that's when they decided they needed to make the trade for Burline, right? Right. After that's he had exactly to, when they found he, out. He had to start those, those last games in the, in, in this 80, or the 90 season when if they had just won one of them, they're going to the playoffs. Uh, and they ended up, Troy got hurt in Philadelphia. He came in, finished that one. They lost. They went to Atlanta, and nobody wanted to play that game in the rain, and they got beat. Uh, I, think and, I, I, think I, heard, I think I heard that failure all the way in New York. Right? <laughs> and, and on top of it, even though they finished 7-9, had the Saints lost that last game of the season, uh, they were going to go to the playoffs at 7-9 and nine because – I think they they either beat the Saints that year or they had a better record against common opponents. Uh, but the Rams ended up kicking a last-second field goal on a Monday night, the final game of the wow. season. Wow. Talk about uh, – that's a tragedy. It's, you have to wait that long. It had to be pretty grueling. All right, we got to get to our picks. We got oh. six minutes left. We got – Oh, no. Six minutes for our picks to uh, click. I, I can pick a – one to click, but I, I I can't pick this game. I have no clue. But my pick to click is going to be Andy Dalton. I, I have said that he is the best backup quarterback since Wade Wilson, so I'm sticking to it, and I'm saying he's going to come out and play a, a very, very good game. Well, I'm, I'm going right. to, I'm going to, not only am I going to pick the click, I'm going to shoot your click down. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Andy's going to have a tough game. I, I mean, I just think they're going to find the game plan for him. But I, I still think he's going to do do pretty well. It's going to be a little tougher than what he had last week. My pick to click. What about your score, Spax? You're not going to say your score? I'm still yeah. percolating on that. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Hold I'm on. Give him a couple more minutes. Give him a couple right. more minutes. <laughs> pick to click for me. Uh, looking at uh, the fact that uh, they don't really have a good tight end. O-line might be a little decimated, not a good running game. I talked about it already. I think Jalen Smith is going to go sideline to sideline, just like he did the last game. Uh, I, don't, I, I see offensively they still have the same ineptness that the, uh, that the Giants had in regards to the running game and their game plan. Of course, Kyler Murray makes everything else different for them. He will enhance them, but Jalen Smith will still have a good game. Uh, Kyler will make it close. But of course, going with my Cowboys. 31 to 27. 31 27. Cowboys. Okay. And I'm going to go with um, I'll go with uh, Demarcus Lawrence. You know, he, he clicked last week with the strip sack. And just looking at the the coach's film on Demarcus Lawrence, he really looks like he's playing. He's hitting his stride right now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, and he's he's going to be a key. Uh, those defensive ends containing Murray, staying at home, and he's all—he's always been good run defense too. So it, it may not be reflected so much in sacks. I do like his matchup when he's up against Kelvin Beecham at right tackle, and Humphreys on the other side too. If he, you know, lines up at right defensive end also, and so Lawrence is my guy, and I'll go thirty to twenty. Cowboys win. Okay, I've got I've got it. So the two games the Cardinals <laughs> oh, lost. You got it, Husbacks. <laughs> they gave up 26 points to Detroit and 31 points to Carolina. 
So I'm going to split the difference and go Cowboys 29, uh, Arizona 27. Oh, you are, come on, you're only two off of me. That's okay. Right. 29-27. This is 2020, so the scores are always weird. So I'm Did picking the Cowboys weird ever had a game in which they won 29-27 to 27 or not. lost 29-27? You're not tough to be to score 29 points? <laughs> you know how much failure? how much failure goes with that? <laughs> all you miss gotta, extra all you points, gotta do miss is two. miss an extra point, right? <laughs> Kick an extra field goal. Go for two. I mean, go for we, two. We'll, we will do that. Or get a safety. <laughs> yeah, you're working real hard, Spags, to get that 29. Real hard. <laughs> all right, another thing Jerry said, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, he, he listed Kyler Murray as a guy who may be one of the top ten talented players to have played at AT&T Stadium. What do you think of that? That's an easy call. Yeah. I think it's an easy call, especially when you go back to well, his high school Well, especially if you days. go to high school, right? Right. That's right, Spags. Best high school player you saw? Yes, he's uh, the best high school player I, I ever saw. I ever saw. I thought Bill, you've young seen was. a lot of high school. No, no. I, I said, well, I didn't see Vince Young play in high school. Oh, okay. I didn't see Vince Young play in high school. That's what I, who I saw. Yeah, I said I saw videos. I was there to see Kyler Murray break my heart. So he 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 took my heart. He still has it to this day in his back pocket. I don't know though. When you think of all the NFL players who have played at AT and T Stadium the last decade, I mean there okay. was a Super Bowl that matched up Aaron Rodgers against Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I think you could name. Ten cowboy. Well, maybe not ten. No, see, he's talking but about see, people who have actually played baseball, have already played who have actually there. played football. Not that they were just good at it. He was a professional baseball and football. He was drafted in the in. in he was, the, oh, okay. Oh, 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 He was drafted to on potential. Oh, you are you telling me that he could not have played? That's I don't what you're know. I don't know. I don't know. We, he actually know. had a baseball contract and said, "You know what." This he football did. thing is just too much, too good know, to pass up. Do you know how many first-round draft picks don't make it in baseball? Let's go to football. <laughs> you know how many first-round draft right, picks so the Cowboys have signed that sucked? I'm Let's gonna, look at that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna beat all you guys with my two guys. All right, Marcus Dupree in high school, and Gary Anderson in high school. I don't know if you remember mm. Gary Anderson played for San yes, Diego. Yes. This kid, not only did he play football, he played basketball, and he ran track. He did all the events, and he was so good, the coach told him that you don't have to run the 400 until we get to the district meet and we need to qualify another guy. He ran the 400 one time and smoked the field. Wow! Because he didn't like running the four. Who wants to run the four hundred? No one likes to run the the four hundred or two (laughs) twenty back then. I guess it was. And you long jump, and he goes, "Okay, I'll run the four hundred for the team," and he wins it. Okay, well that does it for mixed shots. There's no telling. That's right. It's the Cowboys against the most talented player in the history of high school football in Texas, according to Everson Walls. Right, Everson? That's right, baby. Monday night. And we'll be here to break it all down on Tuesday on Mick Shots. And, Mickey, I'm sure you're doing something on Monday to get us ready for it as well, right? I absolutely will.
Okay. All right. We'll see you on Tuesday on Mix Shots. Enjoy your football weekend and the Monday night game. See you later. Oh, Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!